Welcome to Smut Talk, the podcast with your hosts, Abelina Sabrina and Kate Migglepatrick, aka the Smut Librarian. <laughs> I'm just kind of coming over from, from Twitch because apparently they don't they don't love smut talk over there on Twitch. They weren't a big fan. I just wanted to read my Ice Planet Barbarians in peace and um, guess we got to do it here. So that's fine. That's fine. Most of the time I'm on Twitch or YouTube. Uh, usually I do like political commentary or just like comedy bids and lately a lot of smut. Usually I get my recommendations from TikTok or my co-host Kate. Yeah, we um we've definitely been talking a lot about smut lately. I have a degree in English and then I also run a smut book club called Literal Trash. Um uh, it started off as a normal book club and then we just kind of kept voting. Wait, it's called Literal Trash? Yeah. You never mentioned the name of it. Oh yeah, I guess it doesn't come what? up that much. <laughs> Why is your book club called Literal Trash? I let them vote um and that's what they voted on. You know what? You tell me about how the voting goes in your book club from time to time. And, you know, sometimes democracy <laughs> isn't the best way to go about things. Well, that's why we started reading Smut. Um, it was supposed to be a normal book club. And then they just kept voting for Smut. Um, and so now we've just accepted it and embraced it. Okay, well, I would vote for that as well. <laughs> It's fun. It's fun. It's really been a lot more enlightening than I thought it would be. And you know what? If smutty books are what it's going to take to get me to read a little bit more, then so be it. Yeah, you're expanding your mind and your preferences, I guess. I think Kate is the one who really got me into smut, honestly. I think you're right, but I don't actually know how. I don't remember how either. And the oh. thing is, I've I've read smut before, like in in high school when I didn't know that I was reading smut. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, wait, what it's did you read in high school? <laughs> I didn't know what I was reading. It was this book called The Scoundrel. Come on, with a title <laughs> like that, how are you not drawn to it? And it was from this series by author Claire Delacroix, Ooh. which now I wonder if like maybe that's where they got it from on Bridgerton because she was a smutty, smutty author. But um, yeah, it's I, I actually highly recommend it if you're looking for another if you're looking for another smut book. Then I took a very long break and now we're back at it again. I, I think it's because you recommended a Court of Thorns and Roses. That's, I think that's where it started. That's definitely it. Yeah. Not that that's like the smuttiest of novels. It's not the smuttiest, but it does have one of our favorite book boyfriends. It does. Yes. The Marvelous Recent. Is uh, that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Well, how, how do you say it? Resand? Resand? Yeah. Resand? Resand? I don't know. Now I'm questioning everything. That's okay. And that's the fun part about like when you're reading something. Some words, you're just going to read them a certain way in your mind and then you hear how other people say them or how other how whoever else pronounces it and you're like well that yeah. ruins it <laughs> yes like Hermione's name back in the day oh yeah a lot of people were messing up her name yeah I said I think I said like Hermione in my head Hermione? For, for years for like that's four a, years or something that's a that's a unique name I remember my sister would call her her Hermione yeah which is kind of okay. close but not Mm-hmm. Not the best. Not that that's smut at all. That is very much not smut. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe if you read some of the fan fiction like I did. <gasps> I have never read Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh my gosh. That was the golden era of fan fiction because it was <laughs> the internet was like still kind of new. That might actually be my first encounter with smut. Really? Harry Potter fanfic? Oh yeah. And like the fan fiction gets probably dirtier than the books that we read. Oh my god! There's no rules. I it's the that. Wild West. I could see that because especially like when I'm looking for recommendations for, you know, my next smutty book, smut talk is definitely when I say smut talk, I mean like smut talk like on TikTok. I try to look for recommendations on there because whenever I ask people for recommendations, they'll recommend fanfic and mm-hmm. 
it's it seems different. I don't know how to put my finger on it. No, like, but I don't know. Like I want like a I want like a a book. Me too. Yeah, I definitely want to read like a physical book, especially because fan fiction really builds off of the world that's already been created. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I kind of like it when they start from scratch and build their own world. I like that too. Speaking of worlds, this is a really <laughs> unique one. Yes, our very first episode, we're diving into a very, very unique world, a very unworldly world and that is the world of ice planet barbarians by ruby dixon we love ruby dixon around these parts um clearly that is her pen name she's one of those mystery authors who doesn't show her face but i like it i like the way she writes (laughs) i do too no i originally read this book about a year ago and i reread it um before this podcast and i was surprised at how actually like well it's written me too because you know you after you read a few books here and there, you you really do start to compare. And uh, not all smut books are created equally. Ruby Dixon has really, you know, refined her craft. We we like her very much. And so just a warning for people listening, there will be spoilers. This book came out in 2015. There's going to be spoilers if you haven't already read it. So pause this podcast and go get the Libby app or something and read Ice Planet Barbarians because we're we're diving into it. And we're going to turn over to Kate for a, a quick recap on what exactly happens in Ice Planet Barbarians. Ice Planet Barbarians starts off with a group of girls who get abducted from Earth. And it's implied they're going to be sold into slavery of come of some kind, whether that's sexual or maybe they're just going to be eaten um, by whoever they're sold to. But the plane or the spaceship, it crash lands on this mysterious planet and the girls are left alone. And then they encounter this group of very large blue males. I don't think you could call them men. Um, Very large blue male aliens who kind of fall in love with them because there's a shortage of females in their species. I feel like that was the fastest recap ever. You didn't even go over the poop bucket. You oh, didn't no. go over how much they love pussy. You didn't. Go- oh, well, I mean, we're going to discuss all of that, of course. <laughs> we have to get around to that. But yeah, yeah, that's like a, an overview, a very non-spoilery overview, I guess. You know what? That is a perfect non-spoilerly. Spo- spoiler it doesn't spoil anything because obviously like i first read this book when i was just um reading to twitch and we called it like our smut soiree and so i was reading it out loud for the first time it was a lot of people's first times um you know you always remember your first time and i got banned from twitch because it was sexually suggestive content even though we were reading it for like comedic purposes and there was just there were so many scenes that were just so funny and like unrealistic because hello they're big icy barbarians so I'm I'm very surprised that I got banned but the one thing that always stood out to everybody that I still see references references to all the time is the poop bucket <laughs> I don't know why poop bucket stood out um, amongst all the stuff in that book specifically but poop bucket that didn't really stick out to me um but yeah so so um while they're stuck on the spaceship they're not treated very well and so they all have to poop in the same bucket which they empty periodically uh, but i guess it's like um oh you know it's like back in the olden days like bridgerton times what were those called the chamber pot chamber pots yeah it's like but a- at least like in those days you had your own chamber pot <laughs> Not not to dive too off into other universes, but I was recently reading Penelope's book in Bridgerton, and there was a point where she was like getting on Colin. They were having like an argument, and he's like, "God damn it, Penelope! I was I was with the chamber pot. Is that what you wanted to hear?" And it's like, "Oh my gosh, no!" (laughs) But yeah, um, chamber pots is. Is basically what they all had to share. And it wasn't even just like for pooping. It was for everything. All kinds of waste. Because clearly they were also like sick. So they were vomiting. Mm. And yeah. So okay. Enough enough about poop bucket. Mm -hmm. What a place to start though. And that's the thing about Ice Planet Barbarians as well. Like they're not meant to be red straight faced. You're going to have a silly fun steamy time. 
Yeah, like there's definitely a bit of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. The males in this book are all in love with sex. And and like, okay, yeah, you could argue that like, hey, that's almost every single male, even not <laughs> barbarians. I, I kind of like admire the way that these like hunky barbarians approach sex because clearly they always want to bang. They care a lot about like their mate's pleasure. Trigger warning. The fact that rape doesn't exist on this planet is amazing considering how much these barbarians are constantly thinking about smashing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, um, it's a little bit of a, a fantasy, isn't it? Like you, you know, they meet these giant blue aliens and all the aliens want to do is like pleasure them orally, <laughs> which I mean, I'm sure we've both experienced like that isn't, um, isn't super common. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, no. I mean, like, it's common, but, like, not to the extent that the blue aliens. No, no. And that's, and you know what? There have been, like, men in the past who are like, oh, yeah, eating puss is my favorite thing. I could do it forever. And then, you know, whenever it actually comes down to it, it's just, it's fine. It's whatever. (laughs) It's okay. What, like, it's it's serviceable? It's like you talk, the guys who talk a lot of game when it comes to like going down, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, yeah, they just, they, they bite off more than they can chew. Wow. What a visual. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. They're, they're not quite uh, barbarians about it. Um. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a thing. And you know what? I, I don't remember what podcast it was. I think maybe it was like Bobby Lee or something. I just saw this clip on TikTok where uh, these guys were being, you know, it was just guys on the podcast and they were specifically talking about how if it's just like a hookup, like they don't care whether the girl gets off and that like it's just not a priority. Wow. And so like one of the guys was just like, oh, yeah, I accidentally made my wife come. And I was like, oh, cool. What? And everybody else was just like, like one of the guys was just like, oh, that's weird. And then the other guys were just breaking off into, no, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't usually prioritize, you know, the woman getting off. Like un- unless we're like maybe in a relationship, I'll try to be a little bit better at it. But what? if not, then I don't I don't bother. I mean, like, oh, my God. But OK, so what kind of podcast was this? It was. <laughs> what do you think, Kate? It was like one of those alpha male. Oh, okay. Kinda... Like kind of red pilly, maybe. I think it was a little red. Well, you know what? It was. It was a little. It was a little incelly, kind yeah. of at the same time. Or at least one of the guys was kind of incelly because the guy was just like, "I don't make my wife get off." And then the other guy was just like, "Well, I don't make her get off, but that's on purpose." Yeah, that's awful. Like both of them are awful for their own reasons. <laughs> You would think that it would be almost like a point of male pride. Like, look what I can do. Exactly. Like, why are they so proud to say that they can't get women off, like, when they're engaging in? Or that they don't. That's, like, that's the worst part. It's like it's a choice. Like, if they choose not to? Well, yeah. One of them was just like, oh, yeah, I don't even bother trying. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Definitely not like um, our, our blue aliens here. No, Bechtel's the hero of of the first story. He absolutely is. But you know what? I got to say, and I've only read Ice Planet Barbarians. I've only read the first one and the novella that's supposed to like technically come after the first one where it's still about Bechtel and Georgie. Oh, I haven't read that one. I don't know how much like I like the book. I like most things about it for sure like like everybody else as like as people like characters they're well written but georgie i don't think i like her that much oh really and you know why i think it's because when i was listening to it to to prepare for this i listened to the audiobook bitch sounds like reba <laughs> reba like mcintyre yes I no. Like, no this whole time i didn't know she had like a southern <laughs> accent She's from Florida. She doesn't have a southern accent, right? She has some sort of Florida's from, the south. But like she's from Orlando. Do people Is that well, I don't even know well how does she make that accent then? If anyone's from Orlando who's listening, like uh, you know, hit us up on social media. Let us know if you have yeah. an accent. 
and she's from from orlando or does she i think well i guess she lived there okay because she she has she has some sort of accent i don't know where it's from but she's got something going on um that's what the the narrator for georgie sounded like in the audiobook and i just i could not i couldn't get over it no narrators can like make or break a novel 100%. 100%. I know we're not talking about it right now, but like I think I told you when I was reading uh, Electric Idol, the the Neon Gods book about Eros and Psyche, I couldn't I I couldn't get through that whole I mean obviously I did listen to the whole book, but <laughs> the fact that Eros, you know, the hottest god of pleasure and lust and love, the fact that his narrator sounds like Prince Charming from Shrek 2, I couldn't I couldn't. I just couldn't. I, I couldn't. That's just that's just the end of the sentence. I couldn't. So, yes. A yeah. narrator can make or break it. For sure. Audio. Yeah. But um, Vectal's was good. Vectal had a, a good a good voice. Because they used a male voice actor. Oh, wow. Uh, so they for... actually had two different narrators. Yeah, which I really like when when smut books do that well i think it it, it makes more sense to do it because some smut books do that cool thing where where they'll shift povs like ice planet Mm -hmm. barbarians does which is really interesting like in terms of the structure because you can hear um you know kind of both sides of the coin absolutely and it's it's nice because most i mean my favorite smut books so far have been written by women and so when you know a lot of these are fantasies so they're writing these men and when they're written by women, you know, they kind of nail what a general audience wants to hear from these male characters where compared to like, <laughs> I don't know if I would like them the same if like a man wrote their POV. I'd be very curious to see like what the ma- like if a man and a woman wrote a smut book together and the woman wrote the female POV and the man wrote the male, I'd be so curious to see like how it would differ. Yeah. You know? I wonder if that's already I wonder if that already exists. I don't know. That's very specific. Like I I'm going to try to find that. Have you ever been on the subreddit um men writing women? Yes. <laughs> I mean, oh, in the past, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think a lot of them have trouble I don't know, writing things from a female perspective or even just writing about women in general. Yeah, cuz the thing is like with the male gaze, it's very visual, so they're going to describe like sh- her boobs popped open and they bounced boobly as she <laughs> boobed up the stairs. Well, <laughs> and I can tell you too from um uh, okay, there's another subreddit, and I may be revealing too much right now, but there's another subreddit called Gone Wild Stories. Um, What's that? So basically people just go on there and they write like a little snippet of um, a sexual experience in their own life. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, um, and I can tell you that ones from the male perspective are usually very centered around like... Um, and I'm sorry for the, the terminology that we're going to use on this podcast, but like they're very centered around sucking dick. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the dick sucking um, and like very little about, you know, pleasuring the female. Uh, of course. Typically. That's, yeah, of course. That's like the lowest priority on the on the poll for them if it's any priority at all. Yeah. But I haven't actually read any maybe maybe any um actual books from male authors that are like centered around sex oh wait i take that back what Um, we just read those dinosaur books oh no what's the name of that author is it the tingle guy it's not the tingle guy it's another guy who's very very similar the book was called it was like my billionaire dinosaur boss forced me gay uh hunter fox maybe something like that Something with the fox, I think, you showed me. Yeah, I think it was like Hunter Fox, but it was only like That is such a man pen name, by the way. Hunter Fox. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) It was a very interesting book. We're going to have to do an episode about that. I'm going to need a lot more, like, stamina for that one. (laughs) 
Okay. That was yeah, a lot. I, I need to read them. It's a series. So maybe we could do that for like the next one then. So that way it'll still be fresh in your mind. And then I'll just read Because you said they're short. They were only 15 pages. So I can always reread it in the future. We okay. may have to work up to Dinosaur Smut. Wow. Okay. We start yeah, off with I'm aliens. I'm going to trust you on that. Maybe we need like a little stepping I mean, we're, we're, stone. St- we're starting out with aliens. But you know what? They're they're chivalrous aliens. They're chivalrous and they're, they're, they're humanoid really. They're chivalrous, they're humanoid, they're hung, they mm-hmm. have ridges in places. It, yeah, can um, we talk about that anatomy? Yeah, let's let's talk about how <laughs> the barbarian anatomy is kind of like it's, you know, it's it is alien, but it's clearly meant for pleasure, <laughs> which is interesting cuz that's not normally how anatomy develops. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, so they have uh, the ridges all, you know, kind of like all over their body in like normal places, but they also have the rib, the ribbed penis, uh, like, you know, rib for her pleasure, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, and then as well as like the ridges on their tongue. Oh, there's ridges on their tongue too? Yes, yes. That's Oh, I missed that. They, yeah, they mentioned that in like the first <gasps> scene in the, in the cave. Um, but like, I mean, it, it is very obviously like a sexual ideal you know if you can make your own character like the way ruby dixon is doing here you know it's her sandbox she can do whatever she wants she's created like kind of like the ideal sexual partner she really did because they have ridges in Mm -hmm. all the right places Mm -hmm. they've got horns to hold on to Mm -hmm. they've got he's got like a, a special like bony bump at yeah next to like the base of his the spur of his dick the spur. We have to talk about the spur. The spur. Oh, the spur. <laughs> it's like a little, like, I guess like a little nub um, right above his penis, which obviously, like, provides, uh, you know, like, clitoral stimulation if you're having missionary sex, which you don't really, you know, get a lot with the, with the human species. No. No. Because if you're going to do that while, you know having sex that takes extra effort (laughs) and some people will do that effort and (laughs) others won't and (laughs) sometimes you just have to like you know take matters into your own hands (laughs) (laughs) literally sorry exactly it's built in although i'm sure if if vectal didn't have that little extra spur then he would definitely be taking matters into his own hands as well oh yeah like you could tell he was very generous he is he is very generous we love a vectal speaking of vectal i think he had some of the funniest terms for like certain anatomy when it came to like (laughs) and i want to make this a segment too that we can do like on each episode regarding like whatever book we're reading i want to go through like what is the funniest like term for anatomy and in Vectal's case, I think when he was talking about her clitoris, which he had never seen oh, before, yes. when he called it a third <laughs> nipple, I fucking lost it. I died. Like, third nipple. And like, I, I will be totally honest, like the first time I read that was when we read it on Twitch and chat was just driving me wild <laughs> saying the thripple. No. Even better, the clipple. (gasps) So I think, I know clipple technically wasn't written, but clipple (laughs) is absolutely what I think about whenever I think of Ice Planet Barbarians now. The clipple. The clipple. And it's kind of perfect. Well, you know, I thought that was actually really confusing because he's telling all of his alien friends about this third nipple. And I'm like, what are they going to think? Like, because like nipples are used to feed young they used to feed children mm-hmm. or babies i guess um and the obviously the, that's not what a clitoris is that's probably the the least sweet thing that vectal did that he he kiss and tells um he <laughs> well, kisses that clipple and he tells <laughs> he yeah like i mean he was actually like i don't know if you remember the scene where he told him that that he's like that was the only thing he was gonna tell them everything else is like his little secret because he's okay sweet. never mind well, no, I, I mean, guess that's fair right then, there. considering, like, if there's, like, an extra thing right there, you're going to tell your friends. Okay, I guess I get it. I remember a long 
time ago, I went out with this one guy and obviously I'm not going to dive into all the details, but I do remember and I've told a few people about this since because I thought it was so interesting that above his um, shaft, he had a tattoo mm. of mistletoe. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, like, that's funny, but that's a commitment. Right? Oh, yeah. I I don't know if he regretted it. It's been many, many years since I've seen him. Should ask. But um, I I think he got married. So we'll yeah, never know. You, you know. If you're out there, so, um, Mr. Mystery Mistletoe Man, let us know. Was it a good decision or do you regret it? I mean, he seemed to be content with his decision at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you got to wonder, like, like, you know, as you age, how is that? How do your feelings change about that? It's not like your your job is going to see it, you know, or I <laughs> I would a, hope. Yeah, it's a good place for a mistletoe tattoo. I don't I don't think they would see it. But I I personally thought that it was the funniest cutest little thing um the the tattoo not not oh him him mm. no 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 i actually don't remember those details but i remember the tattoo <laughs> so vectal i guess I, I guess i understand why he would want to talk about you know the the clipple you know you, you don't see something like that every day it's true yeah <laughs> you read a lot right now right and not like not just smut no, I pretty much just okay. reading smut case. That's fine. I'm not judging you. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that we see a lot these days, and I mean, like you read the uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses series, the faded, oh, yes. faded mates trope, which is kind of like the soulmate trope. And that's one of the things that we see here where inside of Vectal, he has this quee, I think that's how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. that will reverberate in the presence of his mate. And I'm curious, like, do you like that trope? It's kind of sweet in the books that, like, we've read so far. But when it comes to Ice Planet Barbarians, I don't know how much, like, it really applies to, like, faded, faded. Like, is the queen... Because the queen is just, like, this kind of parasite thing that just, like, lives in your body. And clearly, like, these women are aliens to that planet even the barbarians aren't meant to be on that planet which you know spoiler i mean you find that out in the first book but they're not meant to be on that planet either so it's confusing like is it just kind of like this is your this is one of your best possibilities will the qui resonate for only one person ever or that that's what i didn't understand about ice planet barbarians specifically but again i only read the first book and characters in this book are very limited um they did say that, like, the Kui... So, basically what the Kui does is that it um, it picks out, like, your most fertile female or male um, that you can procreate with. Um, but it did say that it is one person for life. He said that at the very, very end. But I don't know. I don't know how that works, like, you know, if, like, your partner dies or something like that. But I'm curious, like, how does that work in a romance where it's almost like you don't really have a choice? It's like, this person is yours. What if you don't like them as a person or something? There's not that many people in the Ice Planet Barbarians universe. So I wonder like if they were exposed to like a real population, like we have an Earth of like 7 billion people, like would they still only resonate for one single person? Right. And like, how does the Kui decide that? Yeah. I think it brings up like an interesting idea of like, if you're meant to be with someone, then the possibility of being with anyone else is off the table. And like, you know, that kind of erases a lot of doubts from your mind that, you know, like you or me might have if we were in a relationship. So like, especially for a romance novel, it's kind of like, it's kind of cozy. I do like seeing that, especially like in other novels, similar to like A Court of Thorns and Roses, the series. Seeing that, it does like really solidify the the couple but i will say whenever there is one of those like faded mate tropes it it starts to get a little cheesy when it comes to the pet names i don't know like i get that you're mates and you're soulmates but then when they start calling each other my mates it's like what are you a wolf like <laughs> it's i i don't know how to describe it it's just something like it it, it gives me the ick a little bit when they call each other my mate like it's a little cringe it's a little cringe. Yeah. Like, I, I support the whole mate thing, but then once they call each other, my mate, I just, mm, it sucks me out a little bit every single time. I kind of like it. 
Kate. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those tropes that I like. I'm fully behind. Like just the just the term. I don't mind. I don't know. I think it's really interesting when just like it's just like you don't have a choice. This is you are a person forever, and you just have to deal with it. What happens if like you're mated with somebody that like you don't like or you're not attracted to? Like, is that possible? They said that that happened with like one of the characters, <gasps> like like one of the aliens. The two aliens were mated together. Um, and they said that they didn't like each other at first, but then they just like, I don't know, I guess grew to love each other. In Ice Planet Barbarian series? It was a couple that was like already established. I forget who it was. I don't know if it was like the the healer and her husband. But yeah. No, no, no. They weren't mated. Oh, really? They weren't mated. Like, because it was the healer lady mm-hmm. and she was with Vectal for a long time. And then all of a sudden she resonated just randomly. And that was another oh. thing that also confused me. Like, how do you resonate randomly for somebody that like you've known for a long time? I don't I guess your little worm just like decides like yeah this guy like this is the right timing so I guess like you can have like loving relationships beforehand and then they just have to end and everybody just has to accept it once it resonates for somebody else yeah but like at the same time like what a great way to break up with someone they're like I found my soulmate you're like oh good I'm not your soulmate okay bye have you seen the movie timer no wait Oh my gosh. I don't remember it if I have. So I don't want to dive too too deep into it. But basically what happens is everybody has a soulmate. And it's like it takes place on Earth. And there's like this company called Timer where they will install a timer like onto your skin. Like on your wrist I think. And it it's a countdown timer until you meet your actual soulmate. And so for some people, it's like the coolest thing ever. And then for others, it's very anxiety ridden because it's like, hey, I'm happy with my current relationship, but there's a timer that says I'm going to meet my actual soulmate soon. Um, and then some people, they get their timers and it just reads zero because it means you already met your soulmate, but you don't know who it is. Towards the middle and the end, you find out that some people will just straight out like, rip out the timers from their skin and then they just end up choosing their own relationships because they prefer having the freedom of choice than the anxiety of this timer but like for some people like their timers will go off when they're meeting like their significant other's new spouse or something and it's like oh shit Uh, i mean their sibling's new spouse yeah so it's like the idea of like faded mates it's it's definitely sweet to me but I, my head that just keeps on racing always wonders about these stupid little gaps. Yeah, like all the times it doesn't kills work it. out. Yeah. Well, luckily, I think Ruby Dixon, I think she's written like 22 books, right? You know, her world is safe. Like, we're going to be okay there. I really like Ruby Dixon, and I hope that we'll be able to get her on the podcast sometime. We've talked a little bit, like, when I was initially, like, reading her stuff on Twitch, got her blessing, and then she read the articles when when I got banned for reading her books, and she wasn't happy about it. I think that, like, okay, I think we have a little relationship here. I think she might like to come on someday, hopefully. I mean, not not even just Ice Planet Barbarians. I read another one of her, her books regarding, like, a battle god and that one was also like quite spicy Mm. i like ruby dixon a lot i want to read more of her work i do too and like we i read a lot of smut for my book club and um a lot of it is like i don't know just not well written um (laughs) but like no and i went back and i read ice planet and i was like this is actually really compelling it like really sucks you in and it's so funny just like the dialogue between uh, the characters, I find it just, like, so hilarious and, like, such a, I don't know, it really brings some levity to, like, a dark situation. Absolutely, because there, there are some books where they try to make, you know, like, funny situations. And the situations, like, will be funny that characters will get into. But when it comes to, like, actually making funny dialogue between two characters, it's hard, yeah. But, but Ruby Dixon really mastered it. Like, I think if she wasn't a, a smutty author, then she could probably, like, be a comedian in, <laughs> in a different facet. You mentioned that you had a very specific line from the book, a, a standout line, if you will. It wasn't a monster come to eat me. It was this monster who's come to eat me out. <laughs> I just died. <laughs> Ruby... is so talented that sentence is so perfectly structured fabulous (laughs) i loved it so much there was another like echo to that line like 
a while before, like, I forget when it was. I think it was whenever they, like, crashed land on the planet. And she goes, I really hope these aliens aren't going to eat me. <laughs> and they just kind of Foreshadowing. Snorted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, just How did you even me. catch that? <laughs> I mean, I guess I read it before, so I knew what was coming. Or who was coming. Ah, Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I had to. Okay, so you reread it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I, you read so fast. I had to do it on audiobook, but I'm telling you, the narrator just she sucked me out of it because I swear to God, she sounds like Reba. If I can read a book like physically, I'll do it because I feel like a lot of the time the narrator gets it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen that happen before. I still think that she was pretty good at what she was doing. I just couldn't get Reba out of my head. Mm-hmm. But like in other books, like A Court of Thorns and Roses, like I think the narrator was very talented, but she was also a little monotonous. She was very dour. Like she was like real yeah. depressed, which wasn't fair. Yeah. Like, I mean, Farrah would be really depressed, especially um, at at first but yeah like it it just really i don't know it kind of bumped me out yeah she sounded the same when she was depressed as she sounded the same when she was happy as well which a court of thorns and roses there's like spicy moments in that when reading through the spicy moments it's like i can't tell that oh this is a happy excitable scene for you you really need somebody special to record those sexy moments (laughs) in books I mean, obviously, like, I'll read the smut books, like, with my eyes. But sometimes, like, I will read audiobooks, like, if I have stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And so some narrators really get in to the the smut scenes. Like, they'll be, like, moaning and groaning. Oh and it's interesting. <laughs> one of the best books that did it was maybe the Hades and Persephone one, A Touch of Darkness. I think they did a really good job by getting into it. But in terms of, like, the worst one, not even A Court of Thorns and Roses, I've got to say it, as much as I like them, the Bridgerton books. It was so unpleasant. I like the narrator 95% of the time because she just sounds like a British old grandma. But the 5% of the time when she is narrating the smut scenes, it is so weird to hear your British grandma narrating (laughs) smut to you. It's so weird, Kate. I mean, that's totally fair. Did she get really into it? Like, was she kind of like, you know, talking sexy at all? Yeah, she was talking sexy. And especially for like the smut parts where it's like, the the male is talking to the woman. Obviously, like I was reading the second book after, you know, Bridgerton season two came out. And so I was I was listening to the book. There was this part where the narrator was like, oh, Kate. And it nope, 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 nope. I had to press pause and just laugh and skip ahead because I could not do it. That's that's definitely an experience, though. It. It was an experience. I don't want to have it again. But it's like, especially like when you know like how hot and hunky Anthony is in the series and then you read the book and like, first of all, he's not even as like nearly as good in the book, but also you've got this old British grandma narrating. It's just, oh, it's so many layers of weird. It's so many layers of weird. Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate because those. I mean, the show is so good. Exactly, and you know, I'm happy with, and maybe we should have this be its own episode. But I'm happy with the direction that the actual show took compared to how the books were. The books feel quite dated. Yeah, they're they're from a while back, right? I've only read the I first think one. so. And that just makes you appreciate Ice Planet Barbarians more. Like they got like a ma- I love when audiobooks get like a male narrator for the male parts. It I think it helps make the experience a little bit more immersive. Have you um there's this one audiobook. I think it's called The Games We Play and it's read by this like this guy with this super sexy voice. Really? Yes. The games we play. Yeah, I'm all for hearing like a sexy narrator. And and that's why like I was kind of excited for that Viper Den, Den of Vipers book. At first, it was like this hot sounding Australian guy. And then that book just took a weird turn that I, maybe it wasn't for me. But yeah, we should we should do a separate episode on that one because it's so popular on Smut Talk. But <sighs> which, which book is that? The Viper Den the Viper or Den of Vipers? Oh, Den of Vipers, yeah. Um, I've heard that book recommended a lot. Is it just a exactly. little bit too much? Well, 
I'll tell you in the episode whenever okay, we cover okay. it. But okay. I will say at the very least, like the narrator is unique okay. and interesting to listen to. Okay. But Bechdel's narrator is is very good too. I, I like him. He's I mean nothing nothing really stands out like, oh I gotta listen to more of this guy's voice. But he definitely doesn't underperform either. He's like a satisfactory hookup, if if I had to <laughs> Explain his voice. Well, yeah, like that's perfect. Yeah, they well, get the job done. Well, sometimes that's all you can ask for, really. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> so another trope that we see in this book, and that I think is repeated a lot in romance novels, is like this very strong, capable man um, who's like caring and nurturing, and like usually rich if it's like set on Earth. Um, and then, like, a really weak woman. And so I'm curious, like, what do you think of that trope? Do you like it? I see it a lot as well. I guess it just has to, like, explain why she's weak. Like, there's normally, like, a very big reason. A reason that can't be helped. At least in the books that I've been reading as to, like, why she's so much weaker. Like, she is a human and he is a barbarian mm-hmm. alien in this specific book. Or in A Court of Thorns and Roses, again, she is a human and he is like a fantastical being, like High Fae. Twilight is like the other example that I think of, like where she's also a human. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like that's kind of like how they explain away like why he's so much stronger. It's never just like he's stronger because he is man and she is woman. Like there's <laughs> always like a like a supernatural reasoning as to why he is stronger. But then something that is also kind of cool about all these books that have this trope is that eventually the leading woman has something happen to her where she gets strong and sometimes even stronger than him. You're so and right. it's always so cool and impressive. I love when they flip it on them and like she grows. I love that character development. I didn't think about that at all, but you're so right. You know, because I was thinking that maybe it kind of, because like, you know, these are usually female authors. And maybe it really speaks to like our desire as females to be cared for, to be like taken care of, not have to worry about anything. But you're right. Like the the woman always becomes as strong or stronger in the end. Yeah, maybe in the beginning it's like, oh, is it the desire for women to be taken care of? Or is it just that she doesn't have the same tools that, you know, the men do to be as strong? And how does she thrive? Like, does she still heavily rely on the men once once she is finally strong if not stronger and usually no she doesn't need to rely on anybody and she has like insane like confidence growth and that that's always fun to see that because I feel like that does happen a lot it's like ooh, she's self-sufficient and then especially when like her male lover or whoever it's so sweet seeing him be like impressed and proud of her like oh she's so capable yep that's my life like that's so sweet to watch yeah it's like almost like kind of like himbo energy where they're just like you go girl you got this exactly like i think that's closer to what women want like yes like help us if it's something that like we can't help ourselves we want to be capable of I don't know if I'm speaking for all women. I do want to be like more capable and self-sufficient. And I would just, you know, like your support. And then once I get there, continue to cheer me on. Yeah, I think things have really changed in romance novels as well over the past decade. Yeah, like back with Twilight, I feel like a lot of romances were very much like that one-sided dynamic. Um, But these days, I think it's more about them being equals, which is like so lovely to see. The thing is, like, we all read Twilight. We all pretty much liked it when it was happening. Mm-hmm. And then we either reread it or we we rewatch it now. And it's like, um, <laughs> we enjoy it for nostalgic purposes now. Or I don't know if I'm speaking for anybody else here, but oh, no. like, that's, that's the enjoyment that I get out of it. I, I recently listened to Midnight Sun, the, the Edward POV of the first Twilight. What is that like? He sounds like a fucking serial killer. He sounds like a self-loathing, really annoying serial killer freak. And he is not attractive at all. And he like puts Bella on this pedestal. And it's so interesting. At first, like when I when I would watch Twilight, and maybe we should have Twilight a Twilight episode on this, so I won't go too oh deep gosh. into it. With Twilight, like with Bella, sometimes you can be like, well... 
she's kind of bland kind of boring oh, yeah i don't get why edward would be so into her but when you listen to it from his point of view it's like oh no edward's a fucking little freak they <laughs> do deserve each other that's like the so best we should... take honestly of twilight <laughs> that would be great no i love that take of twilight though it's, it's not that bella's boring it's that edward's a weirdo <laughs> He's a fucking weirdo. Oh, can we please have a Twilight episode? Yes, please. That would be lovely. Oh, my goodness. I'm so curious about Midnight Sun as well. I haven't read that one. His narrator for the audiobook, he's supposed to be, you know, like youthful ish mm-hmm. to some degree. And it's like this man who sounds like he's 50. Oh, no. And his voice is very deep. We already know that Robert Pattinson was cast. Can you at least try to find something like similar ish? Maybe not exactly like him, but maybe in like. In their 20s? Yeah. Or something? Yeah, like uh, get close to their age at least. Get. Get close to their age. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh my gosh, yes, we have to do a Twilight episode. Okay, let's do it. I love that idea. Okay. Love it so much. <laughs> okay, did we cover everything for Ice Planet? Um, the, the last thing I want to talk about is, like, the ending of the book. At the end, they decide uh, to stay, to accept the queen, which means they can never leave the planet. What did you think that about it? seems so rush. Right? They were just like, like eh. Whatever. There was one girl who was just like, yeah, I, I have some questions. And then Georgie, of all people, was just kind of like, no, you you really, you haven't gotten with the program yet. These girls are traumatized and now they have to just accept that they're stuck on this ice planet with these blue aliens. Give them a minute. Clearly, you've had time to process it. They haven't. And then all of a sudden, everybody's just like, all right, let's commit to this. It's it just feels like the ending was very abrupt and fast and it it's a little weird. Yeah, like they decided very quickly. They they did say at the very beginning that like these were women with without any family close. So like it kind of like excuses like, oh, you know, we're going to miss my our family or whatever. But yeah, I was re- I was really curious like kind of how that I don't know, plays into the novel. Do you think that there's something appealing about them not being able to leave? appealing yeah like i guess i'm thinking of um okay because like they're leaving earth behind and like i mean especially right now i don't know if i would want to stay on earth either and they leave it behind for this like primitive world where it's very much like almost like a caveman era what is that saying yeah you know like what is appealing about leaving earth behind i think it's the fact that that's most likely their only chance of survival is is what's appealing because i would much rather be on earth (laughs) as we know it than you know, live in primitive technology style. But then also, like, there's the appeal of having, like, your soulmate or whatever. I don't know. Would you rather live with your soulmate in priv- in primitive times? Or would you rather live life as we know it? I mean, if you, if you factor the soulmate in there, I think that's, like, a pretty easy uh, decision. But also, I mean, this wait, was... Wait, wait, that's an easy decision? Wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait, if you factor... No, no, no. That's an... Okay, also, but, like, Earth is a dumpster fire right now. Like, do we really want to stay? I don't know. I have one word for you. (laughs) Okay, what? Antibiotics. (laughs) (laughs) But you have the queen. The queen keeps you young and healthy. Is that what it does? Yeah. It says that their their life is prolonged. it heals you. It heals you, too. Mm, That's actually a very good point, though. Okay, I didn't know that about the the queen, but also – I was going to say the internet, but I, I don't know about oh, that because I, I feel like my brain has just gotten worse since the internet. That's true. I don't know if I could live without Uber Eats. Like, that would be the hardest part. And that's the thing. Like, you could never have any of your familiar food ever again. That ever. Be, that would be so hard. Right? Oh. Like, because what are they eating in those caves? Like, most of those guys eat, like, random ass meat raw. They have spices. Yeah, but their spices are different. Yeah. Maybe if you could, like, have seeds. Well, also, because, like, your shit wouldn't grow the same on that planet either. It's it true. probably wouldn't survive. It's true. You know, I wonder, we didn't really learn about, like, the professions of the women who were stuck there. Maybe one of them is a chef. I know that one of them was, like, a farmer. Yeah. But I don't know how those skills would be helpful. Mm. But Maybe they can grow something in their little, like, oasis grow something on an ice planet well they have like that oasis where like they're they have like the hot springs oh, that's true so so you would choose to live 
in primitive times if you had a soulmate versus living in the modern times without a soulmate? Yeah, like if the choice is like going back to Earth where it seems like these women don't really have families, they're young, they don't really have like good jobs yet because they're they're 22. So yeah, I don't know. The soulmate, it tips the, it tips the scales for me. Dang, I think... Maybe maybe we're in different spots in our lives at the moment where I'm just like, hmm, soulmate, what's that like? Maybe I'm just romantic. Aw, Kate. It's not true. I'm very cynical. <laughs> I love a good romance too. And that's the thing. Kate, if you went back to these times, you wouldn't have any smut books anymore. None. Well, the only solution is to become the author of all the smut. That would be your new role. <laughs> In that time. That's a prestigious position. (laughs) Listen, everybody would love it, clearly, since all of them are so sex-obsessed. Exactly. You would would (sighs) think. Or like, I don't know, scraps of meat. Yeah, I was going to say, do they have currency? Probably just trade. Maybe, oh, lots of furs. They would like gift you lots of furs. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, it's cold there, so I could see how a fur would be nice, I suppose. <laughs> I forgot all about this about Ice Planet Barbarians. I'm so glad we read this for our first book as the as the intro to our first our first little podcast episode. Me too. It felt like a really good starting point. I want to ask everybody who's listening if you have any recommendations for uh, smut books that we should read and potentially cover for a future episode, please let us know. We're at Smut Talk Pod on all socials twitter instagram tiktok our email is smuttalkpod at gmail.com please let us know your your recommendations because we're always scouring either tiktok or wherever to find our next smut book what should we do for our our second episode kate maybe we'll get a really good recommendation i don't know if we should go weird or do something weird or should we go classic because i definitely do want to tackle a court of thorns and roses but i don't know if we should do the whole series or if we should do like book by book oh i don't know there's like my favorite books i loved them so much since you introduced me to them i think we should go book by book because there's just so much in each one whenever we tackle those Mm -hmm. yeah each book really has its own stuff going on well you mentioned a few this time you mentioned twilight you mentioned bridgerton um so we have options when was the last time you read twilight oh god I originally read them, I think I was 17 or 18. I feel like that sounds about right. But also, Twilight doesn't even really have smut, is the thing. Like, maybe the very last book. That's not what people are tuning in for. It is a slow burn. Gosh, it's the (laughs) slowest burn. And then, like, it's a fade to black, isn't it? Because even, like, the smut books that we talk about, they're not, like, the smuttiest, smuttiest books. It's true. I saw that mentioned. Um, I was watching, like, some TikToks of Ice Planet today. And so I mentioned that everyone says Ice Planet is, like, so sexy. But it's really not. Like, if you if you read a lot of smut, it, it's, it's very, like, heavy on plot. And there's, like, a few smut scenes thrown in there. Definitely a lot more smut scenes than I was used to, <laughs> say, after A Court of Thorns and Roses. But it's not... The smuttiest. I recently read one called Conquered by Clippy. You know, the the clip from yeah. Microsoft Word. And that one was almost all smut. So. Well, there was no plot. There was. I don't understand. It was a very short plot. And we can get into that at a future episode. Yeah, maybe we, we need more spicy recommendations. Yes, I would love some recommendations. Send us your spicy smut recommendations at Smut Talk Pod on Twitter and TikTok and Smut Talk Podcast on Instagram. All right, bye.